inspired by the Canadian Federation of the Blind. Outlook, a show about accessibility, advocacy, and equality. I'm Brian. And I'm Carrie. Outlook. Radio Western. Emily, the talk in the day yeah. Here's Emily. Here's Emily. Talk loud, okay? Well, how are you guys doing out there? <laughs> that was great. Good morning, everybody. Good morning. Welcome to Outlook on this Labor Day Monday morning. Yeah, first episode of September. Yeah, I'm very happy. I love September. Yeah, it's crazy that it's already September. The summer flew by, and we've had uh, guests on now. This oh, is yeah. our third week in the ro- in a row. Yep, which We're on is a roll. Pretty awesome. Um, last week's episode with our niece and nephew is really funny and cute. What did, and what did somebody say when we signed off? Well, that was adorable. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so check that one out online. It's on our it's on our SoundCloud, but we posted a link to it on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash Outlook on Radio Western. But today we had a a guest who's in studio with us today. We had an introduction there from her. Yeah, the little clip <laughs> that you heard at the very beginning of this show after the theme ended um, is from 25 years ago, which is crazy. Um, and that was our guest um, who is here 25 years later. Uh, and as you heard, her name is Emily. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for being here. Um, you're, you're you're here to tackle this this um, sixty minute episode of Outlook. <laughs> the first time we've we're trying that. We thought about it recently a couple times, but we're actually going to go ahead with that today. Yeah, there's no mo- no more in the news, or at least for the time being, there's mm-hmm. no more in the news. So we will be pr- primarily half hour, as far as I know. But uh, mm-hmm. today's an exception, so stay tuned up until noon. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we that was a clip um, and. Um, I wanted to get our guest on today and it just happened to work out that she is free. Um, she works in a sort of a school setting, so, she, you know, school gets back back going tomorrow. So, just luck, uh, we just lucked out that she was free this morning. So, yeah. thanks for fitting us in. So, um, yeah, do you want to just say a few words about yourself? I mean, we have a lot we, we want to <laughs> yeah, ask questions you. and stuff to get into. But, um, um, yeah, so, my name is Emily Trepanier. Um I was born in Wallaceburg, but have lived in London for about 15 years now. Uh, I am legally blind. I am also working towards getting to the Paralympics as one of the first blind adaptive alpine snowboarders. There we go. Wow. That's a good summary there. Impressive. And we're definitely going to get into that (laughs) in a lot more detail. Um, um, yeah, we, 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 we've never had like an athlete on here before, really, that we could talk about this sort of thing with. Okay. And Brian and I are not. <laughs> yeah, we don't. I don't really know too much about We're the Paralympics, so I'm interested yeah. to learn a bit about uh, uh, what you do and <laughs> like all the knowledge that you have about about all of that uh, sporty stuff, which is great. It's very cool getting out there and active and. Um, well, I'll do my best to <laughs> let you all know. <laughs> yes, I'm still learning too. So, <laughs> right. So yeah, that clip that we played at the top of the show was from 1994, um, and it was at a camp that we went to, um, which is actually where we met Emily. Yeah, I figured we should start at the beginning, yeah. um, <laughs> where we actually met her, yeah, 
And um, so, yeah, that was at a camp um, up north, um, Lake Joe. So it's on Lake Joseph, I believe. Yeah. Lake Joseph. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, have you been back there since? I Those days? have actually not the last few years because it hasn't worked out for like training and everything right you've been busy with other things yeah but i have uh since 1994 i've been back there quite a few times really yeah Hmm. so when was the last time you were there i would say i was there last maybe four or five years ago okay so that's that's a lot more recent than uh, us because i mean i haven't been there since 1996. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. I think so. A lot has changed. Yeah, I bet, yeah. Yeah. I mean, they have a lot of camps they offer um, through the summer. Yeah. Uh, I, you know, family camp, um, adult. Yeah. A lot of different ones. So it was a camp, it's a camp for, for blind blind people. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I don't know if we've really talked about it. Maybe it's maybe maybe come up on the show before. I don't know, but uh, we haven't really talked about it too much. Um, yeah, I mean they have boardwalks with railings so that you um, so everybody can sort of follow the the path and find your cabin and find the the dining hall yeah. and, um, and all the cabins like have nameplates that are like large print and braille on them too. So right. Yeah, so I mean, yeah, they got you got to cover all the bases there. Yeah. Um, Braille for those who can't read, yeah. see at all, and large, large print. print. And I think they're actually like textured too, so you can actually like feel the signs too. Mm hmm. I'm sure the cabins themselves have been updated since we were there. Yeah, they've renovated there quite <laughs> They a had a sink in the room and then a bathroom at the end of the hall. They now have a sink in the room and they also have a bathroom on the like. The outside of the, each room has one. Right. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So it's quite a bit different from when you guys were there. Yeah. So our school, our, we, we, it was arranged through school. Um, <laughs> our friend Stephen out in the car keeps texting me now here. <laughs> it's a little early. Yeah. He's told him to text at the halfway through our hour here. How dare he? Yeah. He's interrupting. Um, so yeah, our school arranged it. We went with our braille teacher, and um, we they arranged that we would go with um, another um, student and her teacher, which happened to be you and your yeah, teacher. Yeah, my at the educational time. assistant at the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so that was a really cool experience for us. We'd never really been away. Um, I'm not sure about you, Emily. Uh, but that was my first time being away too, so. Yeah, so we hadn't really gone away from home, <laughs> away from our parents that much. Like, yeah. we were pro- still pretty young then, so um, it was a great experience, and we met Emily from there, and yeah. We've managed to keep in touch off and on for yeah. 25 years. So crazy, right? Yeah. So the first year we went, um, Brian and I roomed together, siblings. But uh-huh. then the, the next year um, they separated the boys and the girls. So then That's you, right. you and I uh, roomed together. That's right. I remember this now. It's all coming back to me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I guess we got to go know each other more than ne- that next year. But yeah. we always had a tape recorder on um, with us there at camp. So that's the way we caught. Some yeah, we have that such an <laughs> old clip. I remember you guys like tape recording all the time. I actually have a few tapes at home somewhere with all like the recordings that you guys did when. Yeah, I think I I think I recorded some of that. Yeah, for you, you did, and then you had sent it to me. Gave you yeah, a copy. I forgot about yeah. that, but yeah, yeah, you're right. They're somewhere at home. I don't know exactly where. Right, and as as blind people, I. Well, I, don't, I mean, I guess all blind people don't, but I did a lot of taping. Instead of being able to take photos, I would use my recorder to remember things. And 
Um, it's kind of neat. I still have a bunch of takes or tapes from the. But what's neat is that normally a a, a seven or a ten year old kid isn't taking pictures. Maybe today. <laughs> maybe today. Yeah, maybe, so maybe these days. Every kid but has a has a cell phone. Probably have a phone at that age. And now, uh, and a we know, Instagram didn't account. When we were younger, exactly. So no. you know it is rare, but we're always happy that we have that because yeah. we have these memories that most people. I mean, occasionally people have maybe home movies or something. But I was going to say, yeah. I think 1994 and 1995, my educational assistant actually might have taken some videos, too. I think so, yeah. I think we have some. I think he took some so that he could show yeah. um, sort of other educational teachers. He could do presentations and so, yeah. show. I you think know. I have a few of those at home, too. So. Yeah, sounds familiar when we were out at the boathouse exploring yeah, that first yeah. day. <laughs> yeah, I actually heard some of that when I was, I dubbed the, I've been digitizing all my old cassettes and on my computer, so I heard uh, oh. we were at the fish hut and stuff like that, and <laughs> they were talking about taking video and stuff like that, so there's definitely some out there somewhere. Um, yeah, so um, what kind of, um, do you know your your um, vision loss condition? Um, so I have underdeveloped optic nerves. And they didn't discover that until I was two years old. My mom actually noticed something was wrong because I would only stare at lights. I wouldn't stare at anything else. So Mm -hmm. she knew right there something was wrong. So she ended up taking me to the doctors and I don't think they believed her at first until they started looking into things. Unfortunately, that's kind of common. Yeah. Doctors... I don't know what it is. Yeah, you know, sometimes they they I guess they just hope that it's not going to be yeah. actual blindness that these little patients have. <laughs> but <laughs> as it turns out, it was actually a blindness. <laughs> They're so. hoping oh, we can just, you know. Yeah. So that's kind of like my base, right? Eye condition. Um, Has it remained stable or? So I had gained quite a bit of vision when I was younger. And then later in my teens, started losing vision for quite a bit. And now it seems to have stabled out, but they're keeping a close eye on things. Because about five years ago, they found spots on my retinas. Right. They're not 100% sure what they are. They haven't grown or anything, but they haven't gone away, so... They're not really sure. Because I, like we said, we've stayed in touch these 25 years. Um, Often now it's by Facebook. I sort of keep track of what's going on with you through Facebook. So I, you know, over the last several years, I've seen you post, you know, when you've had an eye uh, um, checkup and what kind of things are going on. Yeah. Nothing I would have. Well, yeah, I always, because I remember that at camp and stuff that you could see quite a bit. I did um, see quite a bit back I, then, yeah. My condition's always been the same, stable, yeah. like just a little bit of light perception, so right. it hasn't changed for me. But yeah. back in those days, I don't know, and it's one of the things that comes up on this show is explaining how much someone sees is always kind of a difficult yeah. thing because it's so specific for everyone. for everyone. But I know back in those days, Carrie could see you quite a bit too, so I don't That's know if, right. if, 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 if uh, Emily saw more than Carrie, you did Carrie at that I point don't. still maybe, or... I don't know. Might have been about the same. Could have been. <laughs> Again, it's hard to know. Yeah. It's hard to measure up the two experiences. Um, so what 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 do you, would you say you see now, Emily? If you had um, to try to kind of. So if I had to describe it with my glasses on, I can see close up with my right eye, but I don't really see anything out of my left eye. Um, it just doesn't focus properly, so it just does its own thing. Um, but out of the right eye, I see close up. And that's with glasses on. Okay, so you wear glasses? Yeah, I do. 
And then with glasses off, it's all just a blur of colors. I don't really, I can't really make out a lot of things. I mean, if it's like really close, I might be able to make out something. If it's like a really big object. But otherwise, without glasses, it's pretty much a blur of colors. So. Yeah, that sort of reminds me of back when I used to see yeah. more and I had glasses. Yeah. The same thing. As soon as you put the glasses on, the world just became so much clearer. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, That's pretty much what it is for me. But I, I'm at a point now where I I used to be able to look at somebody and I could I I couldn't tell with the color of their eyes, but I could tell if they were wearing glasses. So I used okay. to would I would have been able to see that you're wearing glasses or not if I looked over at you. But now okay. Now we have to ask. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I wear glasses. All right. Um, so, what kind of school did you did you go to your public school growing up, or did you go to the school for the blind? Because that's what we um, often get asked. Yeah. We, everybody, I'm not everybody, but people assume that all blind people would go to a school for the blind, mm-hmm. um, so, whereas we didn't. But I went to a Catholic school up until the grade six, and then I transferred over to W. Ross McDonald School and was there from grade six until the end of high school. Right, because you wouldn't have had, at Lake Joe, when you had um, your worker there, yep. you wouldn't have had him if you were no, at the, the school. No, if I went to W. Ross, I wouldn't have had him. Right. Um, right. Originally, I was actually supposed to go when I was six years old, but my mom and dad decided it wasn't. I wasn't quite ready to go, and they didn't really want me to go during the week. Mm-hmm. So that's pretty, uh, like, people have done it, but mm-hmm. they were pretty, they just wanted me to stay home for a few more years. Mm-hmm. And then they realized as I started into elementary school that I needed that little bit of extra help. So in grade six, I transferred over to WROS. And how was that transition? Like, did you did you enjoy your school? Uh, I were you upset you had to leave, or were you? I think I missed my friends at the school and like the people that worked with me. Mm -hmm. And I struggled a lot with people bullying me in older Mm. grades. So there were a lot of times where I ended up playing by myself or with my educational assistant because like everyone else was like running around and yeah. here's me who doesn't have a whole lot of vision. Um, now closer to the in grade four or five, the educational assistant I had was really really good and worked with my classmates. And we actually gained some friendships through that, mm-hmm. so that was kind of cool. But it was hard in regular school to, like, play in the schoolyard because I couldn't see very well. So oftentimes I would be left behind. People would be, like, playing, and they would forget that I was blind. So <laughs> Just start running yeah, off. Yeah, wait, 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 wait Fair for me. stop. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, sometimes growing up uh, blind and being in um, public school the whole time is, like, I, I didn't always love recess because you go outside yeah, and yeah. kids would all run away and you'd kind of be like, oh, now what do I do? Now what do I do? It's a big open yard. It depends on the day. Sometimes yeah, sometimes you'd end up hanging with, out with someone and then other times you wouldn't. Yeah, and stick uh, with you. Yeah, I had a few friends that would stick with me sometimes, but sometimes they'd be like, they'd t- kind of forget. Mm-hmm. They were young, too. Kids are yeah, kids. Yeah, kids are kids, yeah. <laughs> but no, I, I, had a, I really liked going to W. Ross McDonald School because we were all blind. Did you know anybody when you went before? You uh, went? Before I went, like, no. did you know a lot of bl- any blind people? Kind no, of blind kids. Yeah, so like growing up in the public school, like, because Carrie and I, we had went to the, we had each other, and obviously. we went to the camp, the camps put on by the CNIB, even in Woodstock area. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know if you knew like any blind. I think children I at that point only earlier. knew one or two, maybe perhaps. 
at least one because I remember doing orientation and mobility with one of them. She had lived in Wallaceburg at the time, so we our orientation and mobility instructor happened to be the same one. So we ended up hooking hooking up for a few lessons. And do. and that's it is like you you'd met us, but we weren't we weren't yeah. that close, and yeah. we lived pretty yeah, far I away. Met and, you guys, yeah. but you guys were in Woodstock, and I was in Wallsburg, so that was a few hours away. So. And that's sort of the the thing that comes up on our show is about with, with our getting involved with the the Canadian Federation of the Blind or any of these organizations for blind people is you 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 um you know you might not know that many growing up especially if you are in public schools and then it is yeah. so for you going to W Ross was in some ways it it's hard for me to imagine because we <laughs> went to the same school growing up all the time but right. in some ways you would miss that school and the people that you did know from there but in other ways it'd be nice to be around a lot of other blind people and you could yeah, relate and you connect make in a, a lot, lot of ways and, that way. yeah. I still keep in contact with a whole bunch of them from the school, so. And I remember we went, we came to visit you at the school once. Oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> I was in senior residence. That's yeah, right. you were you in residence. Yeah. That's right. I do remember this. Hmm. <laughs> I forgot about that. <laughs> right, like we don't remember how we stayed in touch or how back then before you know. I think we the like, internet almost, but I think we like sent letters back. And I think we may have. Yeah. May have. At some point, yeah. At some point, at least for a few years. And we still had connections through the school, the school board, yeah. and pe- knowing people. And yeah, I think uh, our educational assistant might have known your braille teacher. Yeah, I think so. They kept in touch. Yeah. Oh my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> like, so after um, W. Ross, um, did you go to college or university, or did you take time off? Or uh, yeah, actually, right after I graduated from W. Ross, I went right into college. Um, originally I was only going to do early childhood education in the college, but didn't exactly just do that. Um, so I graduated from the ECE program at Fanshawe. Then I did an autism behavioral science postgraduate certificate at Fanshawe because I was waiting for the early childhood degree program to start at Fanshawe. So did that sort of as a filler and just to gain more information and experience Um, and then the degree program wasn't quite ready yet so I had to figure out what I was going to do so ended up coming to Western for a year to take a child psychology course Um, it wasn't exactly what I thought it was going to be but it was still good to take um, because I gained a whole bunch of information on different subjects related to child psychology and then halfway through that the first year of the program I found out that the degree program was being offered at Fanshawe so I ended up switching back to Fanshawe oh my yeah what a rigmarole (laughs) because I had taken early child education um they ended up putting me in the third year of the four-year degree at Fanshawe so yeah a little bit more school than what I thought (laughs) yeah So how did you find, um, you know, post-secondary compared to high school and, you know, W. Ross going from all the blind students again? It was a little bit intimidating at first because, like, going from the blind school to, like, a regular college, uh, a little crazy because it's, like, super busy at the college. So it took me a little time to transition, but I ended up meeting a bunch of friends in my first year at college. So we kind of hung all hung out together, and that's good. Yeah, and that's the thing we, we we've been coming back to yeah. on the show is is 
making friends and meeting people. And it's 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 hard for anyone to do. And then when you're blind, it can yeah. make things even more difficult sometimes. But really, that's what changes it. Like makes things so much better in school. Like when I went to Fanshawe my first year, it was general arts and. I met some people here and there, but I didn't really. Yeah. So yeah. then I was kind of just like, oh, I just want to be at home. Like, I don't really care to be here. But then when I started music industry arts, I met I met someone and we still kept in touch and became best friends. So then that made that experience so much better. So yeah. struggle through just, that first year to get yeah. to the, yeah. the first year was definitely a struggle, but then it got better from there on in. And you had mentioned in your teens, your vision was getting worse. Yeah, so later on in my teens. So would that, did that coincide with the same point of you kind of finishing high school and starting uh, college. It was shortly after. No, wait. Yeah, no, it was <laughs> shortly after. You gotta write a timeline yeah. of your life. Yeah. I'm on the show. It's all mushing together. <laughs> but yeah, it was definitely later in my teens. I'm not sure exactly when it was, but I think it was like quite shortly after I had graduated from high school that I sort of started noticing it a little bit more. So, oh. so that must have been kind of difficult going from the blind school to a yeah. big sighted school and then also like yeah. your vision <laughs> getting worse at that same time. Yep. <laughs> But I made it. <laughs> yeah, you're here today, and <laughs> you you graduated. So yeah, <laughs> three times. <laughs> <laughs> three times. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, how long did you always want to work like with children or like study child? Yeah. Childhood. Um, from as long as I can remember, I'd always wanted to work with kids. Um, growing up as a child, I have two sisters and one brother. And in the summer months, they would babysit a few kids for mm-hmm. like neighbors and stuff, and I would get to help them. But they're they're all older than you, right? They're all older than me. So that can you know be different. Yeah, you don't have young you know younger siblings. But like in the summer but months, then, we had a few kids from the neighborhood come over to our house, and they would hang out and stuff. So I'd get to play with them while they were being babysat by my sisters right. and others. So you had someone watching. Um, yeah. But yep. Yeah, no. So. It's a big thing I've heard from some blind people that they a lot of uh, people who can't see struggle yeah. uh, around children, mm-hmm. specifically children they don't really know that well. Yeah. Um, and it's hard to get comfortable. Like Brian and I have nieces and nephews now, and right. you know they know us. Yeah. So that's great. But any other child, I'm not very good with. <laughs> like it to imagine a lot of work. Yeah, to Lots imagine being in a classroom full of kids. I don't yeah. know if I could. It's a lot of work. As like, much as I love children too, I don't. I don't know if I could do that. So <laughs> it's not for everyone. It's not that's for everyone. For sure. Obviously, yeah. But it seems to be working for me. So. That's good. But yeah, for as long as I can remember, I've wanted to work with kids. And then I remember in high school, my last year, I got to do co-op and I got to do a placement at a child care center. Right. And I absolutely loved it because I, I wanted to do a placement in the child care center just to confirm that I actually really wanted to work with kids. And I absolutely loved it. Because did you, do, do you, did you struggle at all, like connecting with them? Or Not- do you... No, a lot of them connected with me fairly easy, if I remember mm-hmm. correctly. There were a few kids that took a little bit longer to connect, but I mean, the the like the person who was in charge of the child care center, um, I remember her coming to me one day and setting, stepping aside with me and saying, you are amazing with our kids. Like, you're going to be working with kids right after high school. And I was like... That is my plan. <laughs> <laughs> You're reading my mind. No, I, I mean, that's great. I mean, yeah, I mean, as much as some blind people do struggle because you can't yeah. see what the kids are doing, yeah, um, some people are just naturally, yeah, kids are um, have great instincts and sometimes they can just sense in, in certain yeah. people. Yeah. They can make a connection and it's maybe you just have sometimes, that. sometimes, like, there's still little struggles here and there, mm-hmm. but 
work for it. And I mean, I'm not the only one who's in the room with them, so. Right. There's always someone around. So, so. it's like when your your siblings were babysitting, you know, yeah. there's always someone else there, yeah. but yet you can have your own yep. um, And even if I'm out of the room, we always have things in place that if I need any extra help, then I'll just right. get that extra help when I need it, so. So you've had some placements then, bef- sort of before you got out of, of education. Yep. Um, yeah. So we talk a lot on the show. We are going to get to your... your, your <laughs> it's all good. Yeah, we, we have, have, we have minutes, the half hour today, so... so. Uh, or I'm doing hour, the I mean, first so. half hour about your sort okay. of life pre... No worries. Yeah, we have a couple more minutes here, and then we're going to take a break, but let's, let's continue yeah, about... Yeah, no, I just wanted to... Um, so on the show, we talk a lot about... Um, employment and yep. some of the struggles that that people with blind, uh, who are blind go through, yep. extra struggles, um, mm-hmm. some of the barriers. Now, I mean, sometimes it's just it's a given. Yep. Oh yeah, blind people struggle to find employment, and it's yeah. not always true. Yep. Some people, you know, have more success than others, like anyone else. Um, yeah. Did you have struggles after you kind of were done trying to get work? I did. Yeah, mm-hmm. it took me quite a few years to find employment. Um, I had applied at a bunch of different places quite a few times and then all of a sudden I had some help with one of the employment agencies here in London. Right, like Brian's doing. Yeah, and they were able to gain a connection from one of the places that I applied to so they knew someone there to help me get in and I think that's what really helped. Yeah, that's a big Mm -hmm. thing is it's advocating and having someone else to do it on your own is a lot. So if you if you go to these centers here in London, um, I go to Leeds Employment Services. That's where I went. Too. So that's the same one that you yeah. were at. Um, so yeah, it's a great it's a great uh, organization here in London. Um, yes, and they are amazing. Yeah. So to have that person advocate for you, because um, I don't know how much of these, how many things you were turned down from. If there was any, an- or if there was any. Um, yeah, I was gonna. We were gonna ask quickly um, if you feel like you feel like employers sort of turn, you know, looked past you because of your disability thinking maybe you I can't work with children or so. do you think it there was there was a bit of that yeah, yeah I there definitely always think is. that was because sometimes so. it's hard to be 100% sure that that's yeah, what's going on you can't always prove that never but. really said that but from what they were saying it kind of sounded like that's what they were worried about you kind of have to stru- uh, read between the lines yeah. sometimes yeah mm-hmm. yeah yeah well but you are starting back so you found Something, I did, obviously. yeah. A few years ago, I found where I am at now, and I'm really happy there, so. Great. Yeah. And I was going to quickly ask about guide dogs, but I don't know <laughs> if you want to take the break. We've already had uh, our friend, our trusty friend text me saying it's time for a promo. Yeah. <laughs> but he's not running the show, so it's up That's to you. Yeah. yeah, I guess... Um, I guess we'll we'll hit the hit the promos and then we'll come back and we'll we'll talk about guide dogs and, and maybe get right a bit there. about where you're working now because we didn't really okay, s- we didn't really say that yet so <laughs> yeah, that's a little good. teaser for uh, <laughs> I said this hour could fly by for after the after the break so we will be back in about a minute or so. Radio Western listeners, this is your exiting program director, Pam Hassan, and I just wanted to take a mo to say thank you for the memories. These past two years have been so much fun, and I'm so proud of the work we do at CHRW, both for the community and university students. I happen to believe that radio is one of the greatest mediums because it's the voice of the community it serves. Radio is immediate, interesting, and dangerous. Please support Radio Western and let the station know what it means to you. Good luck in the future, my ding-dongs. 
Much love, Pam Hassan. What do you want to do tonight? The same thing we do every night, Pinky. Listen to 94.9 Radio Western. All right. Are we back? We are back. <laughs> How's that? That was awesome. I love the pinky in the rain one. (laughs) I was going to tell you, I think I read that um, one of the creators of that show just died recently. (gasps) I read that on somebody posted that. I don't know if it's true, but I always found that show a little creepy, but anyway. It was creepy, but it was funny (laughs) at the same time. Oh, and did you catch the crazy promo care from uh, Pam? Yeah, that was awesome. Former program director here. (laughs) We were on the weekend, and I thought that was so great. So, (laughs) shout out to Pam Hazen. Yeah. Um... But yeah, so let's yeah, back to our <laughs> back to our discussion about work. So after kind of struggling around and um, looking for work, you did find. Um, I don't know if you've worked. So you currently have a, a job. Yes, I do. Um, I currently do. So um, is it, was this your first official job then that you were since school or? Um, I would say it's well eh, hard to say. You any seasonal stuff? Um, I did some seasonal stuff like in the summer months, mm-hmm. but this is like. My first job that I have, like, throughout the year. So I don't know if you'd call it an official job or... Yeah, I don't know. It's kind of a weird <laughs> way to word it. Yeah, because yeah, I, I, did, I did a few summers where I did day camp, so... Yeah, yeah so that's all still really great yeah. experience. It is really good experience, yeah, yeah for sure. Um, and then, yeah, if you want to maybe talk for a couple minutes or a minute about where you work. Yeah, so yeah. I currently work in the before and after school program through London Children's Connection. Um, this year I got to do mornings and afternoons, so I get to hang out with the kids. So does that really require mornings and the late Does that afternoons. require you that that you stay and work throughout the day somehow or are you No, off, so I just got to come back there first thing in the morning before school starts mm-hmm. for a few hours and then we leave once school starts and then we're back later in the afternoon. Um, when school ends. So that give, frees you up to do yeah. other things yeah. throughout the day. So yeah, it's like a split shift. Uh-huh. Hmm. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, those um, before and after school programs are pretty popular now. It's they are, not yeah. something yeah, yeah, it's a huge wait list. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I bet, yeah. Child so many people having to work now the, these days, yeah. compar- even compared to the past. Our numbers have like jumped up this year too, so... Wow. So yeah, you'll get right back at that tomorrow, I <laughs> yeah, guess, right? Tomorrow it's morning. First day, so. <laughs> first thing. That should be fun, but. Yeah. I'm excited. I'm with the littler kids this year. Aww. So I'm excited. Some of them are like four or Yeah, something some of them like. are. Yep. Yep. <laughs> so you've had a couple guide dogs, right? Yep. I'm on my second one right now. So she comes she comes with you she to school. She comes everywhere that I go mostly. Except, except, except to the except radio, the radio show. She had a little bit of an injury on the weekend, so she's fine. She's recovering she's well, up. but I wanted you to, want to give, give her, her a day. another day or so to rest, just Aww. to make sure. Um, so, yeah, so where where did you go to get your dogs? I go to Guide Dogs for the Blind. Uh, they have a campus in San Rafael, California, and another one in Boring, Oregon. Yeah, <laughs> I do remember that. Yeah, yeah. So, um, what kind of guide dog? What kind of dog is it then? Um, so my current guide dog is a golden retriever cross with a yellow lab. So she's quarter golden and the rest yellow lab. And my first guide dog was a purebred yellow lab. 
Um, she retired last June and is happily enjoying retired life at the age of 11 and living with my mom. So. And that's great because then yeah, you get to see exactly. see the dog. It right? was still a hard transition, oh, yeah, but I still get to see her, so that makes it, it better. It's impressive because, I mean, Carrie and I both have had dogs and we haven't got a second one yet. And I know of other people like that as well. And it's it's pretty pretty crazy or pretty, I don't know, I don't think crazy is the best <laughs> word to use. It's it's really cool that you went right away and got another dog while you still... I would have missed having a dog with me. You get so used to them being with you. Yeah. Um, She had worked for about nine years, but it was time for her to retire. Yeah, that's a general average. I want another dog with me. (laughs) They're they're so helpful and so well-trained, so... Yeah, and there's always different. Some people still prefer canes, some people prefer dogs, but it sounds like for you, you definitely... I love having a dog. dog. I feel a little bit more safer walking around and a little bit more confident, especially since I've lost a bunch of vision, too, so... And it's an interesting thing to bring to work with you if you work with children. Yeah, yeah. It works out really good, actually. Yeah, I would hope so. I mean, there might be the odd... I was going to say, are there kids kids that are afraid of the dog, or or do you Um, normally get... There's a one or two that are afraid, but they've actually, it's kind of neat, they've actually sort of gotten a little bit more comfortable of having a dog there, mm-hmm. so they seem, they're a lot better now. They they used to run away when Because the these are big came, dogs and little, little children. Now but. they're like, oh, she's so cute. And I'm yeah. like, yeah, she really is. <laughs> so it's a nice connection there. Yeah. Yeah, so it works really, really well. I feel like adds a little bit of calmness to the environment. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, yeah. people who have animal therapy. Yeah, it's therapy. an emotional support yeah. type thing, which even for is. even for us, um, <laughs> or even for anyone, a, dog, a pet yeah. like that can can help you feel better. Pet and, them a mm-hmm. few minutes and yeah. you're like, oh, yeah, Everything's going nice. to be okay. <laughs> okay, well, let's let's move right along here. <laughs> well, to, one, one thing I wanted to quickly oh. more mention before we, we still have over 20 minutes, so we'll... we'll I know, but there's a lot to talk about with her. <laughs> no, I know. I know this. <laughs> I guess we could do a two-hour show. Oh, um, yes. That's maybe too much for one day. But um, just kind of curious, quickly, um, just kind of sum it up. But yeah. if you've had any issues with taking your dog anywhere, because I know it's it's discussed. I think maybe even more so out west. But yeah. um, having mm-hmm. a guide dog, sometimes businesses or people or cabs yeah. or whatever, are, people uninformed, yeah, aren't sure. Funny you should say that. Um, out west this summer when I was there. Um, had one issue where we thought I was going to have to call the police because they weren't going to let me in with my guide dog. It was at a restaurant. And the waiter was fine with the dog, but the owner was like, no dogs allowed. I'm like, well, actually, she's a service dog. So I had to, like, explain the whole thing that she's a service dog and had to, like, show my ID and everything. And at first they weren't going to let me. And then they're like, okay, she can come in now. (laughs) But... I haven't had too many issues. This it seems to come here and there, but not very many issues. That was my first time in a restaurant, but m- most of the access issues have actually been in variety stores. Right. Yeah. It can be a culture thing. So yeah, it a lot of it is just a culture thing. People just aren't yeah. used to them. But you take whatever. a lot of buses here in town. Do, do, yeah. do you take cabs and Uber at all, or not a whole lot of mostly, cabs and Uber? It's yeah. mostly buses. So. so that's a bit better. Yeah, because yeah. that's where people have issues too. Sometimes yeah, in, a, in I was cabs say, and stuff. Uber so. seems to be a bit of a yeah. Uber's kind of point place. So yeah, it's just something that comes up from time to time. Yeah. Obviously, it's unfortunate because. Um, we do, is, yeah. we do need our dogs if we yes. have guide dogs, and yep. <laughs> um, it is against the law to be refused yes. in a public place. So, sure is, yeah, yeah. But I thought we could uh, finish off here now by talking about um, 
Yeah, we have 20 minutes to talk the about... The starfish side uh, of you. Yes. Whole, uh, <laughs> so you are known lovingly yep. <laughs> as Starfish. I am. Um, yep, that's my name at the hill. And what is that? where did that stem from? Oh, that's a really good story. Um, so when I first started at the hill... Um, when I was starting to snowboard, my coach that I had kept laughing at me when I was falling because I kept falling the same way in the same position. <laughs> and I would always say, what are you laughing at? And he's like, you are the way that you fall. I'm like, how do I fall? And he's like, I can't explain it. And then the one day we were going down the hill and I fell and he, and it suddenly occurred to him it's that um, I was falling like a starfish so he yelled out starfish and i'm like what and you know what that means right brian you get that (laughs) yeah yeah like when your legs and arms it's like the position you'd be in for like a snow angel right yeah kind of all out in like different spots like straight out and then my legs would be straight out straight out yeah so it looks a bit like a star yeah so that apparently anytime i fall depending doesn't matter which way i fall i could be Laying on my back, laying on my stomach, laying on my side. I always look like a starfish. So, <laughs> Well, that's great. I became starfish at the hill. So how long have you been into... When was the first time you went um, snowboarding or skiing? Or? It was nine. Okay, so I started out as a skier about 12 years ago and mm. then started snowboarding eight years ago. Because some people might started, not think you could do... Yeah. How does a blind person... <laughs> yeah, and then that. started racing about five, six years ago. Yeah. yeah. So was athletics something um, like as a kid that you were interested in, or, or was it more of a later in life? Um, thing that I you... had a little bit of interest in athletics um, when I was younger. I was actually a competitive swimmer at a, on the swim team at the W. Ross McDonald School, mm-hmm. but I didn't like. I took it seriously, but not super seriously. It, it, swimming was younger, wasn't quite right, so right but I also liked swimming, but it wasn't like yeah. I liked it, but it, I don't couldn't see myself doing it for like long term. Wasn't quite the right fit. Um and then I got into skiing and snowboarding and I was like this is where I need to be. <laughs> um something about it just Yeah, what do you so what do you love about that? Cuz Brian and I, I don't think I've Yeah, ever, I mean I, I honestly I went it's not not that I I'd be kind of maybe interested to look into it again and I've considered yeah, swimming but maybe even skiing but uh I'd try skiing. I went skiing once in grade 6 or grade 7 <laughs> and I I was on like the the tiny like practice oh, hill. The hill. Yeah, Funny and hill, I yeah. and I fell and I like I didn't really actually hurt my ankle but I was a kid so oh. I was like ah I twisted my ankle so I went up <laughs> I'm never and doing I, this again. I sat up and drank hot chocolate in the oh, in the warmth and that was it for my if skiing. You want to learn how to ski? I, we would I like have to, connections. I think yeah, we should we should actually check that out. I'd like to anyway. I have connections. Yeah, it would be good to look into because I'm I'm always looking to try to be more active and get out and, and do awesome. stuff. So yeah, um, um, for me, I don't know. I like I like going down the hill. I think I like the feeling of going down the hill. Yeah, it's a bit it's of like, it's a rush, right? Like an adrenaline yeah. kind of rush. Um, and I like the challenge of that it brings. It's like it was hard to learn how to ski and to snowboard. Um, it took me quite a bit to figure out like the balancing and stuff. So, mm-hmm. um, but I kept just kept working at it and here I am now working towards the Paralympics so so being blind uh, as a skier or um, uh, snowboarding yep. how do you how do you how do you get around how that exactly you have, do you have you a guide uh, yeah, that so helps you out I always have a guide that's with me on the hill we always have at least one guide sometimes we have two it just all depends on their schedules um, but currently I have 
five coaches slash guides on my hill team. Um, so there's always at least one with me. Um, we also use two-way headsets, so headsets. we can communicate going down the hill. They just go underneath our helmets, and we can talk back and forth as I, we fly down the hill. See, that must be cool. That is really yeah, cool. Yeah. Communicate as you're flying down the yeah, hill. Yeah, um, we just added them in a few years ago. Um, finally found ones that work and actually we even just found ones that are slightly even better so I'll be able to talk to more of my guides than just one guide right now so wow. mm. we're going to be trialing them out this winter so I use headsets to talk with my guides going down the hill and then two or three years ago I actually added bear bells because in the summer months I actually do stand up paddleboarding as a cross training sport and we were using we use bear bells to help on the water to hear. If I can't hear my guide, I can at least hear the bear bells. So wow. we added those to the hill um, so that even though I can hear my guides through the headsets, it's still, I don't really know where they are on the hill. So sometimes it's easier to hear the bear bells so I right. can like figure out where they are and which way I need to turn. So. Wow. So yeah, so you you know you find headsets and you find all these little tricks that help yeah. you do it. So is there someone? Is there someone? Sorry to interrupt, Kara. Okay. Um, <laughs> is there someone like with you when you're going down the hill? Then or are they always. just talking to yeah. you? Oh, yeah. So there's They're someone with, with me, right yeah. with you. There's always at least one person with me. They won't let me go rogue. Mm. Right, because I'm just wondering how you how you stay in this certain direction, or you don't. Yeah, they are. I mean, I know you're going down the hill, but me, so they're either beside me, in front of me, or behind me. It just depends on like the preference for them. So. Right now, are there other? Are there any other? Just curious, are there any other blind people um, around, like from when you've been doing this that you've met who also do this type of stuff? Because um, you said you're them, the first one working yeah, toward the so Olympic. A lot of them are out west. There's not very many of us here. Right, it's more of a cultural. Um, huh. A lot of them are out west, and I also heard there's a lot of them like overseas. There's mm. a lot more of them overseas, um, but there's definitely some out west who are doing the same thing that I'm doing. So. There's not very many of us, that's no. for sure, but <laughs> yeah. the sport is slowly growing, so it's just a matter of time. Mm. So you do, like you said, in the summer to keep summer, up yeah. keep up things. Yeah, you, you got to keep up the... Uh, in the summer months, I do stand-up paddleboarding as a cross-training sport. Um, I did it for th- three years here in London with a company called London SUP. Um, so we were doing it here for three years. And then the owner of the company, Drew, ended up moving out west this past December. So we wanted to continue stand-up paddleboarding as my cross-training sport because it's a whole lot of benefits and it transfers very well to what we're doing at the Hill. Mm -hmm. So we got approved to continue that training. So I actually went out west this summer to do stand-up paddleboarding in the ocean. So that was my first year doing I heard you were, you were battling with seals and I was battling with <laughs> seals and sea lions were splashing me sea and lions. waves and That's moving exciting. water and drinking wow. ocean water <laughs> salty yeah very salty oh my goodness so asking a bunch of people we know plus your coach there what is the draw out west there I oh, mean Brian and I have been out there it's too beautiful yeah you were just out there for how long I was there for six weeks and I fell in love with it Right. It seems to be that type of place out there where you go yeah. out and it's kind of like, oh, I, oh, I don't feel like I kind of want to live here, but yeah. then I also have friends and family at home. So Yeah, I came oh. I came home a few weeks ago and I'm like, I'm going back out west. 
<laughs> because you've also done um, some winter training. I did, you, you yeah, this past Quebec? winter. Um, well, okay, so two years ago, I went to Quebec for a race training camp. And then this past winter, I was invited out to two different race camps out west, both in BC. Oh, okay. And then just found out I was invited again this winter to go out west uh, three different times this year. So this wow. winter, yeah, it opens up a whole bunch of doors. The it more does. you, yeah, there's the more you so do it, many, it keeps building. And I feel like there's so many more opportunities out west for like race camps. I was just looking at my race camp schedule yesterday because a bunch more like things are starting to get released for dates and stuff. I'm like, I might as well just live out west. Like, wow. there's race camps out there that, like, there's, like, four different race camps I've been invited to, and I'm not sure how many I'm going to be able to get to, but I'm going <laughs> to try to get to at least few, but I might as well just live out there because it might be a little cheaper for going to race camps and having not to fly yeah, out. Yeah, yeah that all cheap, flights that back cheap airline there yeah. that people use. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, the more you get out there, the more friends you make out there. and yeah. I've started to make a lot of connections out there, so we'll see. Maybe I'll move out west. <laughs> you never know, <laughs> never right? Know. <laughs> so you've had um, you you do a lot of other things, obviously to to stay fit and stuff. You go, you know do work at the gym, and yep. you have a, a running partner, right? I do so. I'm at the gym a few times a week with my trainers Steve McRae and Paul Tavares. Hi guys. <laughs> Shout out. I'm shouting out to you guys because I promise I would. <laughs> and then I also have a cardio guide out for outdoors, Jennifer Ann Menoray. Hi Jennifer. <laughs> um, so I do that once or twice a week as well. And then obviously stand up paddle boarding um, with my stand up paddle boarding coaches. Out West it was Drew and I'll be going out there again in the summer months. So that was with Drew Klimmy. And then back here in London, I actually have assistance, an assistant sub-coach, Andrew Brewer, who's going to be doing some stand-up paddleboarding, cross-training, uh, practicing for a bit more until winter sets in, and then again in the spring before I head back to Vancouver next summer. So you learn a lot of um, strategies, self-care, yeah. for your yeah. you know, physical health. Yeah. Have you had a lot of injuries, or do you do you pretty well know how to sort of... Knock on wood, there haven't yeah. been very many injuries. <laughs> Knock on the table. Uh, there's been a few. Uh, I've... Minor things. Actually right. taken a trip in an ambulance a few times. Oh, okay. That's no. not so minor. No. no. Uh, wasn't anything broken. They oh. thought something was broken, but ended up just bruising so much. Oh. Because I ended up falling on ice, Oof, but yeah. that was a few years ago. So knock on wood, no mm. more big major injuries. Because that's always the fear. But I do a lot of like injury prevention as part as as part of my training. So hopefully those injuries will stay away. But we always like are assessing and making sure things are working properly. Because athletes, their muscles are weird and get tight and. Sometimes you wake up mysteriously and things are tight and you didn't really work that, so you try to figure out what's happening. Mm -hmm. So it's a lot of like trial and error, but I have a lot of injury prevention training as part of my training. And then I have um, my RMT Charlene from Active Wellness here in London um, who takes care of my muscles. I see her at least once a month and a little bit more during the winter months. So she takes care of my muscles. So. It's a whole team effort, so. It is. It's impressive to see all that, how this sort of thing comes together. Yeah, it's a 
Um, it's like family. It's right. Like my extended family. Exactly. Yeah, and they're sure. all rooting for you, obviously, and they're taking part in this because they want to see you succeed. Yeah. And yeah, it's pretty amazing. Yeah, and we're all, like, we all root for you because it's, <laughs> you know, now that we know somebody who <laughs> is working toward this, this goal yeah. that you kind of hear about on the news or yeah. something, but... So, so the ultimate goal is to get into the... To the ultimate goal is to get into the Paralympics. Right, yeah. and how does that... How does that kind of look at the moment as um, far as time scheduling? So or? I am like the top of the list for Team Canada. Um, so it's just a matter of waiting for that phone call to say, hey, you can start training with Team Canada to for their team for the Paralympics. Um, my sport was just introduced to the Paralympics for in 2014, so it's very mm. much developing still. Mm. So there's not really a timeline currently for my category they always hope that they'll be able to like add it into the Paralympics like the next Paralympics but there's no like real guarantee um eventually it's going to be added into the Paralympics just a matter of when it's going to be so but they have said that I'm at the top of their list and like their radar and everything and they're watching all my training and stuff so um they said just keep training hard and when it's time, we will call you. So just make sure you're continually training hard. Um, my last, the last, these past two years, I just got um, Quest for Gold Ontario Athlete Carding funding. So I've got to believe that's a really good sign because obviously they wouldn't give me funding if something wasn't happening. So right. So yeah, with all this training and all these people involved, yeah. you know, it takes it's, it takes money and yeah. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, it I doesn't believe something's happening. So right. I always. So you're 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 patiently waiting here. Patiently waiting. So is this Trying both? To be patient. Is this both then for because you said skiing and snowboarding? Um. So how does that tie into the Paralympics? Uh, so, my main goal because it's like would be brand new is snowboarding, so that's kind of what my focus is on at this mm-hmm. point. Right. Okay. Yeah. So what did your family um, sort of think about this, either when you first started or how they have they changed it? Or are they always They've always been very excited for me. They're always willing to support me in whatever I'm doing. Um, they're always willing to be there and rooting for me and helping out with like upcoming fundraisers and everything, and like wanting to like drive me to all of my races and training and stuff. So they're always been super supportive so I and that ma- you know that makes the difference yeah having people yeah. backing you the whole way yeah yeah so you have your your family and then you have the extended family like yeah. you were saying with all the yeah. people helping you train yeah. and your guides working with you and yeah all my guides so much support my hill guides my sup guides gym training <laughs> cardio lots of them so do you have sp- like any kind of sponsor? I hear you talk about a certain brand of socks. Yes, so I have a few local sponsors right now. I'm always looking to add more because athlete training is expensive and so are races. Mm-hmm. But I do have a few local sponsors. I have the Purple Moose Sock Company. I have, love that name. I know. It's, <laughs> it's very awesome, Canadian right? too. Yeah, it does sound Canadian. They Starfish and the Purple Moose. started um, making their own socks here in London. So. Oh, that's cool. Oh. Yeah, and then I have uh, an a company called All About Cheese. They make cheese, obviously. Huh. Yeah. 
And then Boulder Mountain actually sponsors me as well. That's a great um, one. They yeah. give me a season's pass every winter. Oh, that's and great. And then they also support my guides, so they'll give them lift tickets whenever they come out. Wow. So I'm so thankful for them because that gets, can get really expensive. Mm-hmm. And then I also have Studio Shim, who's a sponsor. They recently came on a year or two ago, so they're helping me create um, cl- a clothing line that if people want Team Starfish gear, yeah, that would be can great. Support them. They also support me. And then I'd I, be in for that. Awesome. I'll send you the link. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> and then I also have. Oh, I forgot about DDPY. I'm sorry, Sarah. <laughs> so much to remember. Well, yeah. I'm so impressed. Remember. You don't have a list on you. So. I should have made a list. Um, so I also do DDPY, which is a form of yoga. Um, oh. with House of Fortune and I do that with my DDPY coach Sarah Fortune so sorry Sarah please don't make me do extra <laughs> <laughs> yeah you're gonna pay for that one oh, I'm in trouble <laughs> I have so yeah so that's and then I have an Epicure sponsor hmm. um, someone that sells Epicure it actually is Sarah Fortune's mom Margaret Fortune so okay. yeah but I'm always looking for, like, I'd love to get, like, a corporate sponsor. Right. Just because, like, training and races are so expensive. I love my local sponsors. Don't get me wrong. I love them all. But I would love to add, like, a corporate sponsor to help out because it gets really expensive. Yeah. I mean, we do fundraisers and everything. Yeah, I was going to ask, hard do time. you want to um, talk quickly about your yeah. up next so we fundraiser. have a chili fundraiser coming up. It's here in London. It'll be at St. Peter's Basilica. It's on October 26th from 2 p.m. to 6 p.m. And all the funds raised at that fundraiser is going to go towards helping me with my upcoming race and training costs. Um, If you would like more information, I will definitely get should I get the link? And yeah, send, send us links and yeah, put we'll them on post, the page. We'll post okay. on our Facebook page. Um, yeah. If you have any... Um, if you'd like to plug, I don't know where, if there's somewhere online people can go to find out or if there's a way they can contact you. you. Yeah, they can like, they can call me actually um, oh. if they want to learn more. Direct line. Yeah. Um, so yeah, they can call me at uh, 519-282-0783 and I can give them information or they can check out the our official website. It's not quite up on that website yet, but okay. it'll be able, it's like linked there, so they'll be able to find it. It's www.teamstarfish.ca. .ca, right. So yeah, if anybody yeah. just searches, you know, yeah. Team Starfish, I'm yeah. sure. Yeah, and so you have a, should be able to find it. You have a Facebook page as well, yep. Uh, yep. up. Facebook teams. page, Twitter page, Post photos. Instagram page. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, they can all, they can They're find all, all those pages through that website, so. Right, so yeah, check check out Steam. Te- steam. steam. <laughs> I'm mixing up my words here. I've been on. The, I haven't talked this long on the radio. What do you mean? You do, well, you do two hours, but I guess it's not steady. Yeah, it's a bit different with the music, music show, the steam breaks. But tarp. Steam Tarfish, look it up. <laughs> Team Starfish. Um, check it out and. Oh, um, wow. Yeah, I guess if there's any final things you'd like to say, we have about a minute left here. Um, I shouted out to my off-hill team, but I wanted to shout out to the on-hill team. Thank you, Andrew Clayton, John Killo, Isaac, Rig- Isaac Rigby, Ethan Rigby, Noah Tremblay. Thank you all 
See you all soon on the snow. Don't you feel kind of like you're accepting an Oscar at uh, the Oscars, right? just, you know, with your Oscar speech, <laughs> or sure if the, if you do make it, you know, when you make it to the to the, <laughs> you got to remember all these people and thank you. Yeah, and we'll definitely have you back on the show in the future. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. Um, that would be when you great. get further with your goals, and it's yeah. exciting. I finally find someone who loves it at September, and most people, ugh, snow, snow, winter, no, October. Yeah, I know. I always see em- Emily posting on Facebook about she wants it oh, to snow. Can't wait till winter. Oh, and people are like, shh, and I'm like, ah, oh, no, I'm happy about it. So I'm. Stand up paddleboarding ends. I'm like, bring on the snow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, you're not alone. I, I enjoyed this time. Oh, of year yay, too. I'm not alone. So, um, you won't shush me. <laughs> no, I won't. I never will. Yay. But yeah, um, so, you know, we really do, after knowing you all these years, we really do wish for the best for you with all this because it's Thank it's you. very exciting. To yeah, watch. and there needs to be more more of this stuff happening. Yeah, and, we need more, um, more blind snowboarders. Athletes of, of all yeah, kinds. but yeah. all athletes of all kinds. Blind skiers, blind snowboarders, blind suffers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you... Yeah. Uh, we need more of those. So there's not very many of us. Hmm. No. No. Well, thank you for coming and um, giving us this hour of your no day. No problem. Thank you for having me, guys. And it's just, you know, too bad that darling, your guide dog, couldn't join us, but hopefully she's recovering. Yeah, she's and probably listening at home. Aw. <laughs> okay, well, thanks for listening to Outlook today um, and our hour-long show. Yeah, thanks, Emily Trepanier, and check her out, uh, teamstarfish.ca. <laughs> yes. Yep. All right. All right. Have a great week. Have a good week. We'll be back next Monday. Bye. Find us on Twitter at OutlookCFB and on Facebook, facebook.com slash Outlook on Radio Western.